Hello, this is Tom Jacobs from tdjacobs.com and also healingsuicide.com and I'm an evolutionary astrologer, energy worker, channel, do all kinds of healing work. Uh, this, uh, and you can read all about that at those sites, um, primarily tdjacobs.com. This uh, mp3 is a sun forecast for Aquarius. Here, I usually, I've been doing the last few months a video, putting it up on YouTube free for all, um, and then encouraging you to check out my subscription service. Um, which where I do more forecasting and there's classes and a bunch of perks and stuff. But this month, it's only audio. Uh, I just had a lot of unforeseen circumstances uh, in my personal life while I was planning for foreseen circumstances in my professional life. So I'm on a trip. I'm in uh, Penticton, uh, British Columbia right now, and um, doing readings and preparing for some uh, larger events T starting tomorrow, starting on Thursday the 23rd. For four days, I'm doing a family and the conspiracy of love healing event, um, and that's kind of a kind of a big commitment. And then uh, some readings next week, doing some meditations, leading some meditations Tuesday, and Wednesday night, and then Friday through Sunday next week, I'm doing an energy as money as energy workshop to help a dozen people see the emotions, the energy blocks, the energy kind of like weirdnesses behind whatever money issues in order to solve money issues. But you have to deal with the emotions. This is a teaching that I work with. So anyway, so I'm on a trip and I just had a bunch of stuff come up uh, before the trip and my, my personal life. So so anyway, so this is going to, you know, kind of be a little bare bones thing. Um, I'm going to talk about the transition from Capricorn to Aquarius. And then... Um, a couple of aspects with the sun earlier in the month and then the two lunations. I just went through the month and there's like a couple of sextiles here and there. It's not as square to Vesta, not a big deal. Anyway, so it's it's going to be kind of a short MP3, but um, I thought it was better than nothing at least to give you some insight into uh, this month of Aquarius, how, how I would work with it and how I see it. So first of all, uh, on the transition from Capricorn to Aquarius, you know, the sun I think of as a giant flashlight in the sky. Like whatever else is going on in your life, the when the sun enters a sign, that is obvious. That is a mode which is, you know, obvious and we're just finding ourselves behaving according to or in line with. And so it will put light on certain ways of being and certain motivations. So when the sun is in Capricorn, the giant flashlight is on responsibility and um, commitments and uh and really, you know, measuring up to standards, which can be standards you set out for yourself or those you imagine or know for sure that others have for you. It is about productivity. It is a cardinal sign, so it's about action and initiation and doing things. With the sun in Capricorn, during the time that um, Saturn and Pluto were preparing for their, uh, you know, were just about to and then did have uh, this conjunction uh, in Capricorn. And, of course, the sun was, was with them at the time, and Ceres as well. With the sun emphasis on this thing that's already brewing, you know, a lot of people might have been a little tired and worn out and just kind of like, really, I have to keep looking at this? Keep, you know, still, still, keep looking again and again and again. This thing won't go away, and I don't know what to do, or it's hard, or I need more sleep, or... or I didn't sign up for this, you know, the idea of responsibility being put in your lap or something. Um, well, when the sun's in, 
in Capricorn, that's what the focus is. But this year it was a lot, I want to say worse. <laughs> it was a little more laden. It was a little more loaded up. Because the Saturn-Pluto questions have been had been building since, say, March of 2019, if we use it over 5 degrees, between Saturn and Pluto. So this year in Capricorn, you know, some some people, some of us, including me, we may have thought it was just a little too much. Really? Really? That much? It has to be that intense or that extensive or that ongoing, you know? So when it's in Capricorn, though, you're asked, again, to measure up to standards, and that can bring in judgment. Now with the Saturn-Pluto bit, you would ha you may have felt a big challenge and felt like you had to measure up to something or felt like you had to dig deep to measure up or something, ups, up and down uh, metaphors. And um, judgment, self-judgment. Well, what if I'm not measuring up? What if I don't? What if I haven't in the past? What if I can't meet my goals? What, what does that mean about me? What if I set out this, you know, what if I set out a plan what if I, uh, you know, insert my name here, uh, make this plan to do the forecasting materials by a certain date? And what if I plan to do this and all these, you know, 20-minute Pluto Saturn readings for people by a certain date? Well, what if I can't do it because something else I'm responsible for comes up that's a priority? Well, what do, how do I esteem myself? How do I judge myself? Do I judge? So, so during this sun in Capricorn, you may have seen that you judge, or how exhausting it is that you judge, or both. Then the Pluto-Saturn conjunction happened during the month of Capricorn on uh, January 12th. So today's the 22nd, 10 days ago. And I, in, in my own experience, I did feel a little bit of a lightening, like the, the pressure wasn't constantly building. I had to make some decisions and do some things. And then when they were done, there was just a, you know, 8% opening out of it. So anyway, so you may have felt that too. Well, then, uh, you know, that sense of heaviness starts to lift. But again, the sun in Capricorn does have this kind of thing about keeping an eye on responsibility. And even though now the sun has gone in Aquarius, if you tend to judge yourself that will remain in your field, right? Okay, now, uh, meaning you have to deal with the judgment if you do judge yourself, even if a situation passed or the ladenness or the heaviness of an energy dissipates a little bit. So I hope that you learned something about, you know, how you treat yourself and how you can treat yourself better. You know, how you can be more supportive of yourself instead of recriminating or judging if that's part of what you experience. Um, for a long time, I've taught about um, the Saturn energy within us, and this is covered in my book, um, Saturn Returns, Thinking Astrologically. Like, I want you to think astrologically about Saturn, so I kind of present a different picture. Nominally, it's about returns, and it will teach you about the first and second Saturn return, uh, and then I briefly mention the third. But the point is, of the whole book, and so I encourage more people, like, if you're not really into the Saturn return idea, but that you want to transform Saturn, I encourage you to read it because it's about turning the inner critic and harsh judge into a supportive mentor, coach, guidance counselor, parent kind of figure. But that's what we all need to do with Saturn. In other words, give ourselves a chance to be a work in progress. So 
if you saw judgment, okay. Yeah, that's maybe what you were conditioned to believe is correct, or what you see in the world around you, or what you, uh, uh, you know, watched others in your life do when you were young, and so you picked it up. Okay, great. Okay, so now the sun gets into Aquarius, and we shift into, for some people, it's the need for freedom, for uh, like elbow room, space, freedom. I don't want to be attached to this. I want to be detached. For other people, it's looking forward to a future they want to live in and goal setting and new relationships. For other, and it could be you could have like several of these at once, right? It doesn't mean you just, I'm assuming you only have one of these uh, things going on. But for other people, Aquarius is um, looking around at their lives and saying, no. I demand to be free. I'm just dropping this, whatever it is, right? This group, this hobby, this relationship, or even temporarily, other person, oof, give me two weeks off. Can't can't deal with this. Because there is a sense when the giant flashlight in the sky is shining through Aquarius that there's more than this, you know, 3D thing we all feel stuck in. When the sun's in Capricorn... The emphasis is on the structure that we are in. When the sun enters Aquarius, we realize we feel stuck in it. So there, so Saturn, of course, rules Capricorn. And I, you know, traditional ruler of Aquarius, I'd say, you know, of course, Saturn co-rules Aquarius with Uranus. I actually lean away from the Uranian rulership quite often because I do a lot of karmic analysis readings. Soul Serenity Soundbites and other things for people. And in that system, when I look at the South Node ruler, the South Node's in Aquarius, I use Saturn. It's the only thing that that, that has uh, worked for a number of years. If you have uh, the Soul's Journey 1, the first uh, Soul's Journey book of the three so far, then you know that I have this footnote in there that says you can use traditional or modern rulers, play with it, see what works for you. But, uh, I don't know, a couple of years after that publication of that, the modern rulers didn't work anymore. So I couldn't use Pluto to rule a south node Scorpio and Scorpio or um, uh, Neptune to rule a south node in Pisces. I don't know why. And it's probably the only tradition, literally the only traditional thing that I do um, or, or, you know, stemming, you know, things stemming from traditional astrology. So anyway, so there, there is a Saturnian aspect to Capricorn or sorry, to Aquarius. Of course, there's the Capricorn. Uh, but to Aquarius and a Uranian kind of angle too. So for some people, it's recognizing the structure doesn't work. I want a new structure or I want to be free of this structure. For some people, it's rebellion. I can't take this. I'm going to blow my lid uh, or, you know, take that structure. <laughs> like take that authority figures. Um, yeah, so, so there are different things that, that an opening into Aquarius, so the giant flashlight shining light on Aquarius in your world will, um, you know, could represent. The, an, an objectivity, a distance, a, a stepping back five feet and looking at something or getting a bird's eye view uh, on something, maybe not 30,000 feet, but maybe like 500 feet can be an Aquarius thing. Um, the 30,000 feet is Neptune. Pisces, but anyway, um, so one of the things about Aquarius, though, is the genius of Uranus, the unique viewpoint, the unique frequency 
upon which you know your m mental functions work but if you are stuck in a system or feeling stuck surrounded by others and what I keep thinking of as noise it can be literal noise that distracts your your you know mental function or fills your mind so you your mind can't wander and can't leap and can't receive what I call lightning bolts from the gods with Uranian energy. Sudden flashes of insight, you don't know where they came from. But if you don't have space, those insights can't come. The inventor archetype, you know, typically is not surrounded, the person who's living that archetype, typically isn't surrounded by the psychic or literal or energetic noise of others and the world. You know, there's all you know. The stereotype is a um, an inventor's workshop at the back of the property, or in the basement, or in the attic, or on a on a plot of land outside town. Like the person needs space, and part of that is space from people, and the structures of you know living, the structure of living in society. So therefore, Sun and Aquarius also can indicate how you might want to separate yourself from others and also society. Now. They're both, as ruled by Saturn, they're both goal-oriented. Saturn's thing, or sorry, Capricorn goals, are right here, right now, what I'm doing right here, right now, building. That fastidious focus, on, you know, that persistent focus on building something, completing something, right? When the sun goes into Aquarius, you might have a more future-oriented idea. And that can be inventive or sci-fi kind of energy or perspectives, but it can also be what I'm doing right now, I need that to create a future I want to live in. So this thing I'm building right now, is it innovative and different and unique enough to help me get where I want to go? So Sudden Aquarius also says, what are my goals? And where is all this headed? I often use that when I'm thinking about Aquarius and the, uh, and the 11th house. Where is all this headed? Like what we're doing here. In the 10th house, you just want to build something. In the 11th house and in Aquarius, you want that you want it to lead to a future you want to live in. So, so for some of us, our goals, what do I want my life to look like in two months, in six months, in a year? That may come up during Aquarius. And sometimes our creativity and our genius, you know, and our ability to kind of really envision those things. Vision is another idea here. Envisioning something, holding a vision. Sometimes those things don't, you know, open up within us if we're surrounded by the noise and if we're pressuring ourselves and judging ourselves that we're not, that we're not measuring up to certain standards or we are only 80% or we wish we were 100%. All that kind of distraction of the Capricorn uh, ethos or ethos, you know, that Capricornian motivation and philosophy, the Aquarius thing is kind of the remedy to, okay, great, let me step back and see how like, what's really happening, and, and is it serving a future I want to live in? So that's about the um, the transition there. Um, they can both be stodgy in their own ways, Capricorn and Aquarius. Uh, Capricorn can be stodgy because of the judgment. Aquarius can be stodgy because of trying not to have to get roped into things that don't feel authentic to the self. And that's another good word to think about with Sun and Aquarius. Authenticity. You know, we think about the Iranian archetype as including uh, individuation. Well, what, what does that mean? Y you come to know yourself as a unique individual. 
another word, unique. Um, I like to say marching to the beat of your own drummer. But this individuation thing is you come to know yourself, and, and then do you embody what you find? Do you trust what you find? If you do, you will be marching to the beat of your own drummer, and that can make one stand out. So some people don't want to individuate because they don't want to stand out too much. That's part of the, the Aquarius-Uranus archetype as well. Okay, so hopefully that gives you some ideas uh, from Capricorn within structure to Aquarius. Wait a minute, objectively speaking, this is not what I want, or I can't thrive here because I can't be original. I need space. I need to invent something, so I have to clear the noise, psychic noise, literal noise, energetic noise. Okay, great. So the sun entered Aquarius January 20th in the morning Pacific time and uh, immediately starts uh, a square to Uranus and Taurus and a sextile to Chiron. So first with the square to Uranus, of course Uranus, you know, co-rules Aquarius. So the sun in Aquarius shining a light in friction with Uranus and Taurus. There could be, for a few days, the desire to, you know, manifest an idea or to come up with a new idea that may actually seem to be in tension or in conflict with what you've been trying to accomplish. Um, I think the best example, I've been thinking about this kind of thing where I say, um, like, I'm prepping for this trip, but I, I just know it's going to be weeks before I can deliver something, like Soul's Journey Soundbites. And so I was even talking with my partner about it, and I said, gosh, I just have to like not offer these for a few weeks. and um, Because the, the, the piling up of the emails following up, <laughs> just, you know, hey, I wonder when you're going to get to my sound, but, but, you know, it's just I don't have time to, do with, to deal with those emails. And my site says it'll be six weeks, but that doesn't mean people don't write me. Um, I actually say on the site, if you have a PayPal receipt, you're in my queue, right? But anyway, but anyway so like that kind of I'm trying to clear the noise, right? Well, then I put on my site, they're not available for a while. Well, then, like, oh, I have all these places where I tell people that the Soul's Journey Soundbite is a fantastic place to start with me. So it's like, in the moment, I'm like, maybe I need to step back. Oh, but wait, that conflicts with this other thing that I've been putting a lot of value in lately. Like, what are my core values? Uranus and Taurus wants us to pare down to really understand the, the essence of of our goals and our values. And I was like, well, I can't not offer them. You know, so anyway, so I kind of go back and forth on that. That's one example. My bright idea in the moment conflicts with the thing I've been doing for the longer term with the Uranus and Taurus. So you may not feel, you may feel double not free. <laughs> like if you try to free yourself, you may need to un, un, unfree yourself and then unfree and then un, 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 unfree yourself later. That's a kind of moment for a few days toward the beginning of the solar month. And the sun in Aquarius sextile Chiron sextiles um, trigger and stimulate. And there could be some very interesting ideas. If you are taking time to yourself and then you are noticing your sensitivity to energy. I treat Chiron as an energy antenna within the psyche. So you feel the emotions and energies of other people. And sextile stimulates, there could be some interesting ideas coming in if you are taking any kind of space or unplugging in order to have that clarity and clearing the noise. But that can also make you feel exposed, vulnerable, and perhaps lonely, because if you step back when you're by yourself and then you're energetically sensitive, you might feel exposed, right? You might feel uh, 
like you don't have a, the safety of the structures or the relationships of your life if you take some time off or something. Um, so anyway, that's sextile. That's just for a few days toward at the beginning of the solar month over the first few days. Well, then we get into the Aquarius new moon, Friday, January 24th at 4, Aquarius and 21 minutes. This is uh, the 24th at 1.42 p.m. Pacific time. Now, let me pull that up. Where is it? There it is. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> all right. So, again, for Aquarius. So, the sun has only been here for four days. So, everything I'm saying, if you're like, well, that sounds right. That sounds good. You're only, you know, experimenting with it at the moment of the new moon. It's only been a few days. And the idea for an Aquarius new moon is uh, uh, to plant a new seed or to allow a new seed, uh, your intention, right? To allow an intention to develop or to put an intention down and let that plant a seed, the seed develops, but to really give it space. And it could be about objectivity or having elbow room or trusting your unique self. The channel meditation I did from Ascended Master Jehudi or Hermes, Thoth, Merlin, St. Germain focused on trusting that unique rhythm within you. And the, and the freedom that you have. And of course, the lunation is square um, the Uranus in Taurus. Just look at my... Uh... Yeah. And then there are a couple sextiles. Uh, but with the square to Uranus, that, that theme about how could I, you know, upgrade and make changes and then perhaps have to rechange or unchange or unre-unchange something that might happen surrounding this new moon. Like you might, with the new moon, we don't always know what we're doing, but we feel an urge to step to the left or right or forward. Uh, and so you might have to adjust that. And just be aware that like you're with Uranus and Taurus, you're in an ongoing process of, you know, for roughly seven years, right? We're a year, year and a half into it, something like that, maybe almost two. Um, in, you're into this process of adjusting how you use your time and energy, how you earn money, how you spend money perhaps, but how you function, do you function according to your own values? Are you authentic when it comes to how you want to use your energy, time, and attention? So that's why I say kind of streamlining or trimming what you pay attention to or what you invest your energy into. And then of course that can manifest as literally as money too like money issues. Um, so the new moon in Aquarius might have you stepping forward in a way that is like stepping into the dark or bumbling in the dark, and then you have to figure it out. So don't be surprised if there's any kind of course correction in there. Now also, uh, adding to this, sextile the Chiron, and the Chiron is next to true black moon Lilith. Uh, at, Chiron's at 215, Aries Lilith is at uh, 353 at the time of the new moon. 353 Aries. And so the sextile triggers. Now Lilith is instinctive awareness. Chiron is the energy antenna picking up on energy in the world around you, including from other people. So you might find yourself, so to speak, triggered or inspired by something around you that is nonverbal. A nonverbal cue might make you realize you need space. When you get space, then you have your big idea. So that, that triggering can happen, and it can be because you're feeling stuff in the world around you. The, the, if it is in the form of other people, in Aries, Chiron, Lilith, and Aries can be people who are, you know, having or hiding anger or fire, or they're holding themselves back, but they want to step forward. There's this energy of, you know, perhaps feeling natural, impulsive instinct, but holding back. It can happen with Chiron and also Lilith. 
The other sextile to the lunation is Argensuri at um, zero Sagittarius, and this is an asteroid I've brought into astrology. Um, you know, the name was assigned by the IAU, and then I got woken up several years later with dreams about this archetype, and it follows the story of Arjuna in the Bhagavad Gita. Um, if you want to read all about this, the final chapter of Living Myth, Volume 1, uh, Living Myth, the subtitle is Exploring Archetypal Journeys, uh, that is an extended kind of introduction to Arjun Suri, where I kind of explain everything about it uh, that I knew at that point. But anyway, this, uh, the sextile from Arjun Suri says, uh, well, it's about inner wisdom. And where do you go when you need advice? Do you assume everybody else has more wisdom if they're established and authoritative, if they have a title? What, or do you tune into the inner truth within you, which is the goal, to f have a sense of what's true within you and trust it? And um, when it goes wrong, uh, there's kind of a what, what we might call a kind of a guru complex or even a reader psychic complex where you go to you go to a guru and you say, well, here's my problem. Can you give me an answer? And the, and the person gives you some kind of wisdom or insight or advice and you're like, but that doesn't answer my question. And then you go to like 10 more. Same with astrologers, psychics, palm readers, intuitives, healers, right? And if you're getting advice you can't use, you need to go inward. If you're getting advice that doesn't make sense to you, you need to go inward. That's the message of Arjun Suri. You can't do something because an authority, if you do something because an authority figure tells you to, but it doesn't sit well with you or doesn't jive with your conscience, then you're disserving yourself, right? You're not serving yourself. So when Arjun Suri goes well, uh, the, I consider kind of the poster boy figure for Arjun Suri, and, and I do a profile in that in that chapter in Living Myth, is uh, Jiddu Krishnamurti, who was chosen to be this teacher by the Theosophists, to be the essentially the, the Maitreya Buddha, which is like the second coming of Christ kind of thing. And uh, he was chosen as a child and adopted away from his family, and they, they raised him to be this, you know, this uh, teacher, and they're grooming him, and they're kind of like going to take over the world with his teaching, and blah, 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 blah. I don't mean take over the world, really, but, you know, they're going to bring this teaching to the world and kind of like change the world. And then he undergoes this, uh, he undergoes this, uh, I don't know if it's, I think it's about 18 months, but, but don't quote me, of um, essentially the spiritual healing crisis that manifests physically. And all these beings work on him, and he has all these psychedelic experiences, and he's out of it, he has fatigue, he can't get out of bed, he's like wasting away, all this stuff. When he emerges from it, he stands up and goes, eh, you know, nobody can teach you anything that's worth learning. And they're like, no, you, you told us, you know, we, we, we invested all this time and energy, and you, you're, the, you're this great next teacher that will change the world and, and heal the world. And he's like, ah, eh, yeah, everyone's got to learn to trust themselves. And so their whole project kind of dis dis disintegrated, <laughs> in a really important way but he did that at this world congress the meeting of all the theosophists like the the international conference that's when he stood up after he recovered and he stood up and he announced yeah you know nothing's worth learning is going to be taught to you by anybody you got to go within to find it so for the rest of his life he held these um you know satsangs right essentially like sitting with the teacher these 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 truth meetings or whatever 
and helped people learn to hear their inner voice. And he's basically saying, I can't teach you anything that's worth learning. <laughs> so anyway, he's the positive aspect of it, where he trusted his inner wisdom and didn't even deign to tell someone else what they should do with their lives or with their issue or problem. So anyway, Arjun Suri is sextile this new moon. So you might get advice that you don't want, but actually has an important message. Because the sextile can be intrusive and triggering and kind of like poking. I always say this, and if you've heard this a lot, you probably laugh at me. I'm like, oh my God, he's using the same images over and over. But a sextile can feel like somebody sitting next to you really gently tapping you on the arm going, hey, 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 wait, hey, hey, like trying to get your attention. And um, you have to respond, right? It won't stop. That's a sextile. So this could be in the form of well-meaning advice from other people who aren't in your shoes. So you need to have the, the inner trust to, but, but somebody might give you advice that actually you can turn around or edit or, or do the inverse and it's perfect. But anyway, that you need to trust that inner wisdom of yourself. Okay, then, um, yeah, then we're going to move on to the Leo full moon. Let me pull that chart up here. Okay, so that takes place uh, Saturday, February 8th, uh, 2020 at 11.33 p.m. Pacific time. So Sunday the 9th for a lot of people elsewhere in the world. And um, yeah, so so this full moon's in Leo, so that means the sun's in Aquarius. And the sun's, it's at 20 degrees. And a um, couple interesting things here. So first of all, the sun's been in Aquarius for 20 days, and you've had the opportunity to see what this giant flashlight in the sky through Aquarius is like. Objectivity, distance, whatever. Intellectual energy, inventive something or other. Goal, goals, planning, maybe I need to upgrade, you know, what groups I'm part of or who I hang out with or something like that. I think about the future. The sun here is conjunct the asteroid Persephone, which Persephone is about needing to abduct ourselves into something better but maybe feeling naive. We may, not, we may not take a step because we're not sure if we're qualified or if we're prepared. Like imagine when you were 12 years old, if somebody came to you and said, oh, here's this adult thing, you have to do it. You'd be like, yeah, mm, I'd never done that before. I was actually just talking recently with a couple of clients about how inner kids can run our lives, uh, relationship lives, our money lives, our work lives. And I was saying to, to one of them, like you can't, expect that seven, actually to both of them I think you can't expect that seven-year-old to understand how to do a budget or balance your checkbook or to take on debt like you can't expect that seven-year-old to understand it and be confident and the, the the same thing here with Persephone figure always 12 13 14 years old not stupid but not experienced yet like pre-mentored right like a young person who's anyway so sun is conjunct Persephone so we might not be sure what we're doing but sun is all, these two are also conjunct eros, which can have a passion in there. E-R-O-S, about creative passion, perhaps sexual passion. I, I think about eros as below the differentiation between sexuality and creativity. Kind of like the space where it's like a spark of life force energy. Where we get triggered by something. I don't mean triggered in a negative way. I mean we get activated and sparked into engagement, right? And it's passionate in some way. So anyway, so the sun in Aquarius, you might be a passion about your idea, about your independence, about your 
about your plan, your logic, right? It's an air sign. I haven't mentioned that during this whole MP3 yet. Uh, it's an air sign, of course, so logic and information is important. And mental perspectives. You know, the objectivity required to gain perspective can actually lead to dissociation or going too far, right? Too heady or too intellectual uh, for your own good. Well, so here we have um, the Leo full moon saying, but isn't anything fun anymore? Or, but I have something personal to say. This could be somebody in your life. It could be you needing to bring enjoyment back into the picture. So somebody in your world, you or somebody else, because very often at full moons, somebody else may represent something for us or in a situation in our lives may carry this teaching, this moment, this message. Or you may do that for others. And if you see it in others, know that you have to own it in yourself. Okay. Um, but it can show up as other people saying, wait a minute, what about this? Or how about this? Or I need to tell you this. Or this is a quality of communication I require having with you right now. Okay, so, so anyway, the Leo course correction, the Leo balance point, right, the invitation to come into more balance from the perspective of Leo is take a deep breath, sigh, play hooky, goof off. Who are you? What do you like? What do you have to say? What's your opinion? Not your brain, but your personal perspective, right? Not what your, your, what your inventive mind out in the, you know, think about that image of the inventor stereotype, Um in the, I don't know, the little shed in the backyard or whatever, like, like in your head, um, kind of staying out of the way to have space. Well, this Leo full moon is somebody coming out and banging on the door and saying, let's go play. Right? There's like an interruption, the need to be Leo, to bring warmth and joy and laughter into this really focused intellectual thing. And, you know, if the sun hits Aquarius and you decide you want space from people because they're making you crazy, well, here you go. 20, 20 days later, there's an opportunity to connect in a heartfelt, heart-centered, playful, creative way where your humanity matters, not, you know, like in other words, if the Aquarius archetype separates itself, if a person carrying this separates the self because others are noise, well, eventually you can, you can do it well, you can overdo it. Eventually, you can have that Leo moment where you need to play, too. That's, that's your humanity, humanity, right? But if you, um, uh, you know, become a miser or misogynist, misogynistic? Misan misanthrope, sorry, not misogynistic. <laughs> My brain's like Swiss cheese right now. Um, especially for this lecture kind of idea. I'm excited to start a four-day intensive tomorrow, so if you're hearing this and you're in there, don't think I'm not going to be ready. But, like, I just, talking into the void, staring out the window, my brain's a little Swiss cheesy. Um, but if you become a misanthrope or you're, like, you know, bah humbug or scroogey or you kind of, uh, you know, or judgy of other people because of the noise they're making, well, that might seem like that, you know, Leo stuff might seem like noise, but you also can let it snap you out of a hyper-focus on the intellectual idea stuff. This is also um, square Vesta and Taurus, this lunation. And so, you know, having a kind of um, reckoning, a kind of open, how do you say this, like a, an open dialogue, not a dialogue, but like you be, being clear about your values and why you might be so devoted to what you're doing, 
um, you know, and then remembering, but you also need to be devoted to your human self and, you know, all work and invention and intellectual intellectualism and criticism of the noise of the world make you a dull person. So what are your values really? Vesta says, I'm devoted. I need to be devoted to Taurus, to doing things in certain ways for certain reasons, therefore your values. All right, so that's the end of this little forecast. If you want to check out uh, the outer planet uh, forecasts and also the inner planet forecast, the uh, Mercury, Venus, Mars, uh, you can, you can uh, try out the subscription uh, service through tdjacobs.com. Uh, for a month. You can do a one-off month. You can sign up uh, monthly between the 15th and the 18th of every month. Um, yeah, and the subscription service has a lot of perks and about 10 times a year a monthly class. About half of those include mini readings. And there are also levels one and two. Level one is everything that I just described. Plus, I say perk rates on a bunch of things I offer. Almost everything I offer. And then, um, which means deals. And then uh, level two is all of that plus uh, a monthly guidance call where you get a 15-minute guidance check-in uh, with your guides. They do like small group calls a couple times a month to, to fit everyone in. So you can read all about that at tdjacobs.com. And um, I'm not being a smart aleck when I say this, but if the Pluto-Saturn stuff has really brought you down and you're really exhausted and you need to understand a bigger picture about life and why you're here, you can also check out HealingSuicide.com. That tells a story about how to deal with the difficult emotions that might have us lose faith or become despairing. Anyway, take care of yourself. Thanks for your time and energy. Goodbye.